the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Friday, November the 12th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today on November 12, 1942, World War II, the naval battle of Guadalcanal began. The Allies had a significant victory. Today in 1867, Mount Vesuvius erupted, freezing in place in the ash. All that people were doing it now, sadly, it was a horrible thing, but now it has become uh, one of the best historic um, sites as they dig this and study what people were doing at the time uh, that we have had in the world. But that that uh, mountain erupted today, 1867. Today, in 1927, Joseph Stalin became the undisputed ruler of the Soviet Union, Leon Trotsky, had been expelled from the Communist Party. Today, in 1936, the San Francisco-Oakland Bay Bridge opened. President Franklin D. Roosevelt pressed a telegraph key in Washington, D.C., giving the green light to the traffic to go across the bridge. That was a big deal back then. Today, in 1948, former Japanese Premier Hideki Tojo and seven other World War II Japanese leaders were sentenced to death by a war crimes tribunal. Today in 1968, the Supreme Court voided a law in Arkansas that banned the teaching of evolution. Today in 1975, Supreme Court Justice William O. Douglas retired because of failing health. He had served on the court for 36 years. I think that's about the longest, at least it was for some time, of any Douglas, as many of you know, claimed Washington State as his home, at least for part of the time. He had a house up on Goose Prairie. Not all of you will know where Goose Prairie is, but some of you will. I do. My dad and I used to go fishing up there, and we never went fishing, ever, without dad saying, see, Gary, now, Gary, right over there, William Douglas, William O. Douglas, that's his house. Big deal. My dad thought that was really a big deal. Today in 1987, the American Medical Association issued a policy statement saying it was unethical for a doctor to refuse to treat someone solely because that person had AIDS or was HIV positive. And five years ago today, tens of thousands of people marched the streets of America, staging the fourth day of protests against newly elected Donald Trump. I wonder if any of them have had second thoughts, as Kamala Harris was telling the press yesterday. She said, Santa Claus is probably not going to show up in many homes today or or this Christmas um, under the circumstances. And she she went into all of the circumstances, why it was the Chinese boats, you know, problem, not the administration that all those boats are setting off the shore and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, it's an amazing time in which we live. You've probably heard the poem, 
was written by a pastor, a Lutheran pastor, Martin Niemöller. First they came for the Jews. Let me refresh your mind, though, if you've heard it, and if you haven't. He wrote this, of course, after Hitler's run at trying to take over the world. The pastor wrote, first they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then they came for the communists. I did not speak out because I was not a communist. Then they came for the trade unionists. I didn't speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak out for me. That has become famous. It's been read around the world by freedom-loving people everywhere. But I wanted to share that with you just if you were not aware of it, to hear it, and if so, just to remind you of what he said that was his own experience. I want to talk to you about a modern-day situation that reflects what Reverend Niemöller was talking about. But first in Exodus chapter 23, verse 22, the Bible says, But if thou shalt indeed obey his voice, and do all that I speak, then I will be an enemy unto thine enemies, and an adversary unto thy adversaries. Peter wrote in the New Testament, chapter 3, 1 Peter, chapter 3, verses 12 and 13, For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. And who is he that will harm you, if ye be followers of that which is good? And of course, that aligns itself with the verse in the New Testament that tells us not to grow weary in well-doing. We live in unusual times, to say the least, for sure. I want to talk to you about the assault on the church today. There's a bishop. He's bishop of the Evangelical Mission Diocese. This isn't under Hitler. It's today. He's the bishop of the Evangelical Mission Diocese of Finland. He was in the United States recently. He spoke to Alliance Defending Freedom, the Christian law firm. He said the gospel of Christ is at stake. He said that as he faces prosecution, not just persecution, but prosecution over his deeply held Christian values. The attack on biblical Christianity isn't only somewhere else. It's right here, right now. The Washington State Supreme Court has ruled against Seattle's Union Gospel Mission because of their Christian beliefs. And very successful Broadway actor and Tony Award nominee for his role in the Broadway show Memphis, born and raised in Washington State, a native, Chad Kimball. He says he was fired over his biblical beliefs. You don't hear that much coming out of Broadway because most of the people, and the actors particularly, and the people that run Broadway do not hold deeply held biblical beliefs. But Chad does. He was publicly challenged. He publicly challenged Governor Inslee's COVID mandates here a while back regarding church meetings and singing in worship. He tweeted it. He had no idea how far his tweets would reach, but they did. And now he's paying a price. But first, 
they came for the pastor. The Finnish bishop and pastor is facing prosecution for publishing a booklet that's promoting Christian biblical teachings about marriage and human sexuality. It's what the Bible has always taught. We have always believed in the Christian church and for generations, clear back to the birth of the Christian church in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's warning Christians across the Western world that the gospel of Christ is at stake as governments like his liken such beliefs to hate speech. The booklet is titled Male and Female. He created them. Homosexual Relations Challenge the Christian Concept of Humanity is the subtitle. It has become an issue, a big issue. A medical doctor who is a member of the Finnish parliament and a devout biblical Christian assisted the bishop in writing this booklet for the Lutheran, very conservative biblical Lutherans, I might add, in the country. The Reverend Juhana Pajola, he's the bishop of the Evangelical Lutheran Mission Diocese of Finland. Speaking at ADF, Alliance Defending Freedom, he talked about how he published this book with the assistance of this doctor back some about a, a year or two ago. And it was circulated among the church because there was such a, a press by the media to try to get people to accept as normal homosexuality, homosexual relationships, and to redefine marriage. So that's why he put it out, to be very clear about what the Bible says and what the church, that church particularly, stands for. But now he's facing prosecution for hate speech. Same book, but that's where things have gone over the last two to three years. He said, when postmodernism first swept over Western countries, its basic core was denial of absolute truth. He's right, it was. The only truth was that you must allow everyone to have his or, own, his or her own subjective truth. He's right again. They said, hey, there is no truth. Your truth is not my truth. And on and on and on they went. I've talked about that a thousand times, a hundred times on this program. He's right. But now it's taken a different tone. It's taken another step. They call that progress. But the only truth was that you must allow everyone to have his or own or her own subjective truth. But now, and he articulates this very well, if you are against LGBTQ ideology, so-called diversity, equality, inclusiveness, you're not only considered to be old-fashioned, but the pastor says, the bishop, but rejected as morally evil. This is what the prosecutor general understands her duty to be, he says, to protect fragile citizens and victims from the intolerant and hateful Christians in the country of Finland. He said he agrees with the political commentators here in the U.S., the conservative ones, who are saying soft totalitarianism in Western countries is taking over all aspects of life, media, business, education, culture, courts, army, church parties. He's talking about actually denominations, but he uses the word parties. Is the same ideology that suppresses freedom of speech and suffocates differing opinions and viewpoints. Pajola has tried to explain to the authorities, and I'm quoting him here, we are all created in the image of God. We are all equal and share inherent equality. We are all part of the fallen human race and therefore are all sinners. 
homosexuals are not greater sinners than all others, but nevertheless it's sinful to live in a homosexual relationship according to our Christian faith. He has further affirmed that marriage is only between one man and one woman because God himself in the Bible created marriage. Now, they're not accepting that. He said this case is only a faint echo, his case, only a faint echo of the cultural eruption that's taking place in Western countries. He said Finland is no longer a Christian country. There is a parallel issue. He's going to be prosecuted. He said, I see it coming. We'll see in the near future what his sentence is. But a parallel story in Finland, a Christian member of the Finnish parliament is facing a woman, is facing six years imprisonment for allegedly committing three crimes, including hate speech. This is, she's a member of parliament. She shared her opinion on marriage and human sexuality on social media, on television, and in a pamphlet. This is a different pamphlet, but she believes the same thing. She believes biblical truth on human sexuality and marriage. The country's chief prosecutor has brought three criminal charges against her. The politician, who is a member of the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Finland, same church, former chair of the Christian Democrats, political party, has been under police investigation since June of 2019 for publicly voicing her opinion on marriage and human sexuality. In a 2004 pamphlet about her comments on a 2018 TV show and a tweet directed at her church leadership. A medical doctor, a mother of five and grandmother of six, she now faces two years in prison for each alleged crime. She will spend six years in prison. This is not Africa. This is Finland. So first they came for the pastor, then they came for those who share his belief. But let me talk to you about something a little closer to home. Well, Finland's on the other side of the world, isn't it? Yes, it is. But the Seattle Gospel Mission is not. Then they came for the mission. Far too often, faith-based ministries must defend their fundamental rights in court rather than focusing on serving those in need. I will admit, I'm in contact with our law firm that represents us simply because I share the gospel of Jesus Christ to the best of my ability each day on this radio program. There are those who seek to silence any voice, any effort, any effort to share the gospel in a culture that adamantly, violently sometimes reject it. Well, that's what's happened in Seattle's Union Gospel Mission. The mission opened back in the Great Depression, 1932. It was exceptionally successful all through the years, particularly now in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ while meeting the needs of the most needy, the people on the street, in this case, the homeless. About 70% of their, they call them clients, the people they help at the Seattle Mission. And they're not the only ministry doing this, but I'm I'm just talking about them because they now have a ruling that's against them by the Washington State Supreme Court. So the, the, the mission opened in 1932. It's been exceptional. They've reached a lot of people over the years. 
And about 70% of their clients, they call them the people they help, they refer to as clients, are working or are in school two years after graduating from one of the mission's recovery programs. About 25% of the mission staff are former clients, people who came there down and out, broken. Now they're on staff. Seattle has the third largest homeless population in the United States, but none of that matters to those who seek to silence the gospel. The gospel and the mission's religious beliefs are the keys to its success. That's why it's ironic that Seattle's Union Gospel Mission is now being told by the Washington State Supreme Court it must hire an applicant who does not agree with the mission's beliefs. A 2021 decision by the court just a while back attempts to punish the ministry for declining to hire a lawyer for its legal aid clinic. They have this free, you know, legal help for these people who need it. Well, this guy, they they had an opening and this guy applied to be the lawyer in the legal aid clinic part of the Union Gospel Mission. But he doesn't share the beliefs of the organization. The lawyer refused to follow the code of conduct, was not active in a local church. Therefore, he could not provide, as required, a pastor's name and contact information. And the mission requires us of all of the applicants to work there. But most stunningly, and yet not surprisingly, the applicant said he is applying because I hope to change the mission's religious beliefs. And the Supreme Court of the state is standing with this guy, assisting him in his task of re-educating Union Gospel Mission. The beliefs the applicant and the court are trying to change include the deeply held belief that the gospel of Jesus Christ changes lives. Following spiritual renewal, they lead the person in a personal renewal and they prepare them to be self-sustaining. I wrote an article on this today at faithandfreedom.us, our website. And there's more that I'm saying on the radio there, and there's links to some of these stories. But there's a wonderful story written about this. And this Daryl Ann, she she now works for the mission. And she tells her story how she was living under the I-90 bridge in Seattle. And she was arrested one of many times. But this particular time she was arrested, They took her to jail and kept her there overnight or a couple of days. I don't know how long she was there. But anyway, somebody had left a Bible in this cell. Probably, unfortunately for her, the authorities hadn't seen it or they would have confiscated it, I'm certain. But nonetheless, she found a Bible in this cell. So she started reading it. She tells the story of how that led her to the Union Gospel Mission. And her life has been dramatically changed, first and foremost, by accepting Jesus Christ as her Savior and then getting into some of these programs that have helped her. And she now works there, and she tells her story. It's a very touching story. The mission teaches the people to fully surrender their lives to God as they begin this new life in Christ and the community. The state and the city programs are miserable failures. If you don't believe me, drive down most of the streets of Seattle or Portland or San Francisco. Because they're not primarily about helping people. They say they are. Maybe some of them believe they are, but they're not. It's primarily about building and expanding a political power base. And that is sick. And that's what's wrong with our culture today. The people who are trying to, quote unquote, solve the problems really don't want the solution. 
because the solution is at the foot of the cross. It's accepting Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Teen Challenge, years ago, when Dave Wilkerson founded it, went through this same thing. They said, oh, wow, look at that. Dave, had, in, in the first Teen Challenges, the first number of them, they would have 60 and 70 and 80% cure rate. I mean, kids would come in, and they were burned out on drugs. Man, I was a youth pastor. I remember those days. They were burned out on drugs, and 60-70% were rehabilitated, meaning they got saved and delivered, and they made something of their life. I knew many of them back in the day. Here in the Northwest and in the church in North Hollywood, I, I mean, I walked through that, and I watched the government shut down or transform Teen Challenge. Not because they weren't successful, but because they were using the Bible. And they were proselytizing by sharing Christ with these people. An incredible success rate. But oh no, the secular humanist mind of government would not allow that. T-Challenge has continued in a, a bit of a remodeled kind of a way and, and very effective over the years. I'm not taking anything away from it. I'm a big supporter of Teen Challenge. But I will tell you, the government had both hands into that organization as soon as they figured out that their success was based on the gospel of Jesus Christ. So first they came for the pastor and the member of parliament in Finland. Then they came for the mission, <laughs> Seattle. And this could be elsewhere. But then they came for the actor. New York Post begins their story. Chad Kimball is a practicing Christian, but these days he shows little interest in turning the other cheek. Jesus never commanded us to defend ourselves, he said, not to defend ourselves, he says. He told the Post, as Christians, we are commanded to seek justice, truth, and restoration. The law gives us opportunities to do all these things. And he said, that's what I'm doing. Here's the story. The Post says last November, Kimball unwittingly stirred up a storm of controversy when he tweeted his unhappiness over COVID mandate in his home state of Washington state that limited religious services and forbid worshipers from singing in church. Remember that? Yes, Governor Jay Inslee. Well, Chad is still connected. His parents still live in Seattle. He's been living in Manhattan, of course, because he's been working on Broadway. Very successful. He and his wife. His wife's an actress, but he's been very successful. He tweeted a few months ago, Respectfully, I will never allow a governor or anyone to stop me from singing, all in capital letters, let alone sing to in worship to my God. Folks, absolute power corrupts absolutely. This is not about safety. It's about power. This is I'm quoting him. I will respectfully disobey these unlawful orders. He tweeted that in response to Governor Jay Inslee's decision to basically shut down the church to for COVID, of course. Well, people saw that. And Chad has a, a certain amount of influence because of his success. But people with more influence than he saw that. And some of them agreed with him and retweeted it. 
Well, most recently, he and his wife, Emily, an actress, have been staying with their family, his family in Seattle. He says, I grew up in a Christian household there. He said, before moving to Manhattan and launching my theater career, I went to Sunday school and church every Sunday. My parents practice what they preach, and we are all people of integrity. But he reacted to Governor Inslee's mandate that limited houses of worship to 25% capacity and the congregational members won't be allowed to sing. He said, I just couldn't take that. His tweet was seen, as I said, by others and then some with much influence. I mean, you would know their names. They begin to retweet, and some of them begin to attack him, of course. But following the January 6th demonstration at the Capitol, that's now resurfacing in the in the news, Kimball was told that the production company had, quote-unquote, concerns that, quote, events at the Capitol, Josh Hawley, who is a, a senator, a, a outspoken Christian, they're probably friends, but anyway, this production company that that uh, Kimball was, was working through on this Broadway show, they said they were concerned that the events at the Capitol and Josh Hawley and others in the conservative Christian movement were all tied together. And it was implied in this meeting that there could be the perception of the connection with Mr. Kimball by virtue of his faith to the ideas and actions of the January 6, 2021 events at the U.S. Capitol. And on January 22nd of this year, he was told, you're terminated. In Trumpese, that's, you're fired. Because there was too much work to do, the production company said. They needed to focus on bringing the show back together after the pandemic, because Broadway was shut down for a while. But they said, we have to ensure people's safety, and you might be a safety risk. Come from away reopened on Broadway without Kimball on September 21st, just a couple of months ago. But he says he harbors no ill will toward the cast and the crew. He says, I pray for those involved with the show to have nothing but the best. Ironically, the show is about accepting everyone who comes to your door. That's what the show is about. He said, I guess that applies to everybody but me. He's auditioned for a couple of roles in Los Angeles, but hasn't been hired. He said it's at the top, the Broadway industry is very small. He said, this situation, this thing that happened to me has been life-changing. He, he says, it's been hard. It's been depressing, but it hasn't destroyed me. I have turned to God to seek his mercy and his wisdom. And he has not stopped tweeting. I just had to think of an old song that we used to sing, and I'm going to leave you with this today. An old song that we used to sing. I, too, grew up in church. Some of you did as well, as he said Kimball said he did. It's called Rescue the Perishing. Fanny Crosby wrote that after actually an encounter at a mission, the Bowery Mission in New York. Talked to a kid. She felt led of God to talk to him. Fanny Crosby, who wrote 9,000 hymns. She wrote this one as well. Rescue the Perishing. Rescue the perishing. Care for the dying. Snatch them in pity from sin and the grave. Weep over the erring one. Lift up the fallen. Tell them of Jesus the mighty, to save. Rescue the perishing. Duty demands it. Strength for thy labor. The Lord will provide. Back to the narrow way. Patiently win them. Tell the poor wanderer a Savior has died. That is the answer to the world's problems. That's the answer to homelessness. That's the answer to the missions ministry. It's the answer to the corporate 
melees that we find ourselves living in today. Thank you so much for being with me today, and thank you for your support. We need it. Have a good weekend. I'll see you Monday. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.